All right, you ready for the word? Yeah. Say it with me, just out loud. Say, say my heart's open. My, heart's open. my mind's ready. My mind's ready. Make, me better, God. Make me better, God. By your word, By your word. I receive it. I, receive I believe it. I, I won't be the same again. Be the same. In Jesus' name. I almost forgot, I wanted to show you my family really quick. Um, this is my family. That's my only, that's my only daughter uh, and her husband. They, they are campus pastors at one of our campuses. And, and those two little guys are my, my uh, grandsons. The one on the left, yeah, like that, like that's, that's him. That's who he is. Like he right now, he has uh, an outfit, the greatest showman outfit with the hat. He dances. He leads worship. He's going to take Pastor Justin's place someday. Like he, we're putting out, we're putting out the bios right now. He's already plays the. He's got six guitars. Is that right? And he cranks away, and his older brother puts on headset because he drives him crazy. But um, anyway, these guys are our are, are pride and joy. There's a couple more pictures of them that my wife wanted in the mix to show you that we have. A great family God's blessed us with. So, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Peter 2, verse 5. Reads like this. You also like living stones. Living stones. Want to say that with me? Living stones. Say it again. Living stones. You're being built into a spiritual house. Now, when I came in the lobby yesterday, I saw um, we're building a house. I saw that out there, and then I heard it again today. And, and what a great rally cry. We are building a house. Because there's nothing you can do that is in more partnership with Jesus right now than to build His church. People wonder, what's He doing right now? This is what He's doing. He, he told us when He was here, He said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So there's nothing we can do that's in more alignment with Christ than to build the church. So it says here, you're like a living stone being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I want you to notice the two contradicting terms that Peter is using to describe the spiritual house that God is building on the earth. The two terms, lively stones. Or you might say living stones. Think about it like this. You don't, you don't, when you think of a stone, you don't think of a stone as having life. Right? You think of a stone as something that you, you build with. But it's, it's, it doesn't have life. And in the same way, you don't think of anything alive as having the character of a stone. In fact, if you're going to build with something, typically you have to take the life out of it before you can build with it. You're going to build a house and you need some wood, you've got to cut down the tree. You take the life out of it, now you have, a, you have some wood that you can build the house with. Same way with the leather that you have on furniture, or, or that you wear uh, the leather jacket, or the, the shoes that you wear. Leather was alive at one point, on, as a cow, <laughs> on, as a hide. And, and then the life comes out of it, now it's something that you can actually construct something with and build something with. So, 
So these two, I want you to just notice this as we get going here. They're, they are contrasting terms. When you say living stones, it's like those don't go, those don't go together normally. So before there were personality tests, I don't know if you guys do those or have those, or, but strengths tests, Enneagram, disc tests, they identify your personality. And before any of that was going on, I want to show you some writers in Scripture who wrote, who wrote prophetically about two different kinds of people who would be at the center of what God would do in what we call the church age. Okay, two kinds of people. The first one is in Joel chapter 2, Old Testament. This is Old Testament prophetic, speaking about the future. The writer says, afterward or in the last days, some, some uh, versions might say, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now the little church I grew up in was a real spiritually uh, energized kind of church. Like when you had, you didn't really, you didn't really just go to church. You you have church. <laughs> like you, you leave on, on a good day. You're like we had church today. Well, what did you do last Sunday? I, I, we went, but we had church today. Like, 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 like you know, that, that's kind of what I grew up in. And you grew up, there was, there was singing and clapping and lots of moving around. And we love this. We love this verse. Like, the, the, the Spirit will be poured out. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see vision. But again, it's talking about the future. Isaiah chapter 2 Isaiah 2, verse 2, reads a little bit different, but it begins with the same terminology in the last days. Way out there in the future, the day that you and I are living in right now, the mountain of the Lord's temple, the mountain of the Lord's temple is going to be established as chief among the mountains. It'll be raised above the hills, nations will stream to it. And then if you read on down through the verses, it says things like, people will be taught God's ways. In the temple, in the mountain of the Lord. Uh, in the mountain of the Lord, we will be, there will be the settling of disputes and judgment and proclaiming peace and productivity. And you get the visual that people will come hungry into, in, into, in the last day, into the mountain or the temple, the house, everybody shout the house, the house that the Lord would build. People would come hungry and they would... They would learn, and they would grow, and they would leave with knowledge they didn't have before, and they would be better than they used to be, and they would be stronger, and they would learn how to pray, and they would learn how to care, and they would learn how to love, and all they, they would learn, and they would grow in the house of God. So, so there's two different, going back, if you would, to Peter's writing, there's two different legitimate voices that I want you to now put into this context. And that is, I'm going to call them Isaiah and Joel. Okay? I'm going to talk about Isaiah people and Joel people. Okay? Lively stones. <laughs> 
Come on. Are you, how many of you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Do you, can we start there? Like, okay, so living stone. It's just cool to me. I, I love the Bible for these kind of reasons. You know, you find a verse, and then you go back, and hundreds of years before, there's these other, other writers, and it all just ties together into a truth. So Joel people are lively people. And Isaiah people are what I call solid as a rock people. And I'm going to ask Andrew if you would come. And I don't know if it did, it did Eric leave me. You, you, you want to come help me? I think you qualify. You, I see your, your way you're handling yourself. Uh, you, you, you look qualified to me. So everybody say, hello, Joel. Everybody, everybody say, what's up, Isaiah? So let me, tell you about, let me tell you about these two. Yeah, stay standing just for a minute and I'll let you sit down. Um, Joel people are mostly, they're mostly subjective. So how they feel is how they interpret something. Like, they're not really interested in data, systems. You start talking systems and graphs and organizational flowcharts, and they glaze over. But they can dance like a machine, like Joel, Joel. And they usually have no problem entering in to prayer, entering in to worship. They're, they're not the ones who are going to be inhibited when the music starts. Like when the music starts and the band's going, they just kind of automatically start moving and hands will go up. And uh, there's, they're, just not, they're, they're, they're not as self-conscious. Okay? So they are, they are sensitive. What I'm saying, they're, they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They sense things by the Spirit of God. They are also very experiential in nature. So they're mostly interested in discussing experiences. What they have been going through, what they feel God is showing them. And they might even ask you, you might only know them a couple minutes. And when there's a little quietness in the conversation, they might even lean really close and say, so what has God been saying to you lately? And you're like, whoa, whoa, man, like, I, if, even if I knew, I'm not telling you, like, well, I don't even know you. But that's how they, what they want to talk about, experience, experience. Like, I've been hanging out with Andrew, and he's telling me experiences with some of my staff and how they stayed up late when they were together and they talk half the night. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you, a youth camper or something? <laughs> like, so that, 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 everybody shout, Joel. Joel. Now, Isaiah people, we call them solid as a rock. And they're, they're more interested in building something than in a feeling. So they measure progress in literal visible ways. You say, we're going forward. Our church is really doing good. How do we know? 
Like, uh, how's our comparison like to a year ago, uh, uh, attendance-wise? How, how, the number, are the numbers good? Like, how, how do we... <laughs> they notice whether things are really organized or not. And, and they get in there when it's not organized. They really want to help, like, help this out. They're calculated. They desire to understand. They desire knowledge. This is, this is your second round. And you still had a notebook out down there, ready to write some notes. You've already heard me once today. Isaiah is amazing. He's amazing. He's, he's hungry. And, and so he might love scriptures like, um, not by might and not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. And he might love scriptures like, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay? So, the challenge that we have is in overcoming the conflict that the differences create. And manage the tension. Between the two, to form a house that honors God. This is not an accident. This is not a coincidence. I just showed you in Scripture. This is exactly what God has planned. That His house would be made up of living Stones. Living stones. So you can see it. So, so I, I, changed, I actually decided last night late that I was going to do this message instead of the one I planned to do because I was thinking, what, what can I say at six years in, after 30 years of pastoring, what can I say to a church that is right now in their sixth year and has experienced a lot of progress, and experiencing growth, what could I say, and this is one of the things that just really stood out to me, that if I can, if I can just help you a little bit, um, and, and, and get you to understand this as we move forward in the church, um, I, I think it'll, it'll just strengthen you, it will unite you, it, it, you know, because the question is, is that Joel people will see Isaiah people They'll see Isaiah people as lacking life. Like Joel people think Isaiah people are quenching the spirit. That's kind of the phrase that they would use. And, you know, more old-timer church people, they, they know that. But Isaiah people, they see Joel as like a little, little over the top. A <laughs> little, little, little bit wild and like crazy, like was all that like really necessary, like that whole dancing thing and all that, like why didn't we just get right into the Word? <laughs> so who's right? <laughs> we got people big inside. Well, let me ask you this. Do you like to sleep or eat? Do you like to shower or brush your teeth? 
I hope you like both. That's my... <laughs> and here's one that really fits. Here's one that really fits. In your automobile, do you want an engine or a steering wheel? Can somebody talk to me at the well church today? I'm, I'm leaving town later. Uh, you don't have to put up with me very long, but... I grew up in a, in a Joel house, but I'm more by nature Isaiah. So I didn't fit completely in either house. And as I became a leader and a pastor, I just realized, like, I, 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 did, I don't really fit here, and I don't really fit here. And media would say, so, so what are you? What, what, are, what, what denomination are you? And are you evangelical? And I would say, yes, yep. Are you charismatic? Yeah, yep. Because I was resisting the labels that I watched as a kid that created unnecessary strife and they got weaker without them and they got weaker without them the beautiful thing that happened is as I came into my mid-20s or so I started meeting friends who were pastors nationally and around the world many of them are my best friends today many of them you would know if I called their name who were just like me. Now, I was, I was lonely for a while, but it was like, this just, I couldn't, I couldn't go way over here. I couldn't go way over here. I was always standing in this tension. I was, I was, I was raised in this house, and, and boy, I, I love, I, I remember my dad, uh, my, my father uh, was asked to, and we were in more of a denominational like a, a, what we would call Pentecostal. And my dad was asked to go to the, the Catholic Notre Dame and talk to them about the Holy Spirit. And then I remember they all, <laughs> it was just kind of crazy, but, <laughs> but, but then I remember that my home, a little home, when I was trying to go to sleep at night, would be filled, and I'm not kidding, was filled with priests and nuns who were coming to know more to learn more to pray with my parents. So I, I grew up here, but, but I was like, by nature, I'm like, yeah, but you know, I see some of you guys when you leave church and you're done dancing. And I don't mean this mean, but like, like your house isn't clean. And you're, you don't have really, you can't keep a job. Now, it sounds mean, I'm, and that's not, that's not Andrew, by the way. That, but but I, I would say, can we, like get, can we get somewhere in here where, where we can be wise, come on, and we can grow, and we can be solid as a rock, and at the same time, we can have the Spirit of God working in our lives and in our church. 
So let me go through a quick list. I don't have a lot of time left, but Joel people can be too subjective, meaning they can become superstitious. So, so everything's about feelings, and one big mistake that Joel people make when you're way Joel is that you judge things based on your feelings. You make decisions based on a prophecy, based on a... There's a lot of God said wrong. God, God said gone wrong. There's a lot of that in, in that in that kind of experiential faith. Okay? I remember when I was pastor about this side of a church in our community, and, and one morning on the news, a lady had climbed a tree in our community, a 60-foot tree in a bathrobe, and they called the fire department, they came and got her out of the tree. When they got her out of the tree, in her bathrobe and all that, she had been stuck up there, she couldn't get down. She got up there, couldn't get down, and they want to know why she, what, what are you doing in the tree? And she said, well, God told me to go, God told me to go up there to pray. And I remember thinking as a young pastor, I'm like, oh my God, if she comes to my church, I hope she don't tell anybody. <laughs> Have you guys ever had stuff like that happen? Like, you just feel like, okay, good intentions, but could there have been a little bit of like processing of that idea? <laughs> so I want to just say to the Joel people, um, you want to work hard at not speaking to Christianese. And you want to make sure you don't leverage spiritual verbiage to get your way. Mamas, don't do that to your children. I've been helping a grown man who plays in the NFL that was in our church process through a mama who manipulated him through what the Lord said and what the Lord wants. And, and, and he's, he's had to deal a lot with, and, and all I'm saying is that watch out because your feelings and what you feel doesn't mean it's always God. And you can't promise how you're going to feel tomorrow. Did you catch that? Like when you get married, that feeling, woo, feelings, you can't promise it's going to be, it's probably not going to be there <laughs> every day. You don't just wake up like first day, like, baby, come here. Right? No, no, no. Because you are anchored in, solid as a rock. You, you have to develop some of that. And then there are the moments where you are together and you're like, oh, come here, baby. Like, it's like. Everybody say, we love you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what you're great at, Joel, people. You're great at telling stories. Uh, keep telling them. And, and help some of the Isaiah people to become better at talking about what the Lord has done for them. Because you tell it. You, you, you tell it great. You tell God's goodness great. You, you, you tell what God's done, the grace, the power, the goodness, the blessing, where you were and where, where you are right now, and where you believe God's going to take you. You say it so full of faith and appreciation. Yeah. Oh, value it. 
Please go to the parking lots and help us out there, Joe, people. Go to the front doors and welcome people with that big, expressive, like, smile and joy. Like, we need you in the house. Isaiah people can be too rigid, too starchy, too dry. They can overthink, overanalyze. Oh, Isaiah people oftentimes are not even listening or expecting God to speak or to lead them. So the Holy Spirit, it, it's kind of not a factor or to guide them. And yet Jesus said when he left the planet, he said, I'm going, but I'm sending another. And he is your comforter. He is your counselor. He's going to teach you and lead you. But, but if, if there's too much Isaiah going on, I love the story in the Old Testament of a guy named Balaam. And he was on his way somewhere, and the donkey stopped in the middle of the road, and he starts beating the donkey. What's wrong with you, donkey? Come on, donkey, get moving. Donkey, what's wrong? He's beating the donkey. And, and all the time, the Lord had sent an angel, like standing in the middle of the road, to block him from going forward for his benefit. So basically, the, 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 the donkey had more spiritual awareness. <laughs> Are you with me? Then Balaam did. So Joel people can approach church expecting too much experience. Like they want to experience all of God in one service. And, and they, they want to pray over everybody. They want to feel all of the emotions. They, they, want to, they, they, love, like, they love to cry. They love to laugh. They love to go for it. <laughs> they just want it all. Like I remember when I was a boy in the atmosphere that I, I was in, it's like, like when we went to church, and I was telling you earlier, like we had church, like, like sometimes it went three hours. Because you got to get a breakthrough. You got to get a breakthrough. And you got to get a breakthrough every Wednesday. You got to get a breakthrough every Sunday. Every service on Sunday, you've got to get a breakthrough. Youth night on Thursday night, maybe even Tuesday night at the ushers meeting, you've got to get a breakthrough. Are we having fun? But on the other hand, what happens is that Isaiah people can approach church expecting too little experience. You know, a thought for the day. A couple of hymns. A little meditation. I'm good, man, I'm good. What time is it? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, priest. Jason, thank you. Like, <laughs> Joel people easily lose interest at teaching time. So they're great in worship. They're great at expression. At the same time, they're great at worship. Isaiah people are standing looking. I'm sure, I'm sure, Andrew today while he's dancing, I'm sure he probably looked out, saw people in the crowd. He's dancing his brains out. And some people just stare. <laughs> like, like, like at the end, like, he, he, and I kind of get a little, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so, so. Isaiah people are like, okay, we stood once. <laughs> we stood twice. <laughs> I 
You want us to stand again? <laughs> Seriously, like, I, this is the kind of stuff that's come out of this for me. I first learned this, taught on this, talked about it probably almost 20 years ago. And what came out of it for me is still present in our church is little things like this, that the people, the congregation, doesn't really know what we're doing. But recently, we started, we, we start with worship. We went into our welcome. We did everything like you guys did. And like kind of where you did the dance thing and all that, right before I take the platform to speak, we went back into another worship set. And what we did is we asked people while we're welcoming other people and we're dismissing the growth class and all of that, we asked people to just remain standing. Just remain standing. And I didn't, I, we're not doing it to be mean, but we're definitely doing it to establish that in our house, we, we don't want to be lethargic and we don't want to treat this with, you know, uh, like an attitude, oh, let's hurry up and get done. We're good. We keep time pretty good at the church. We don't, you know, we, we believe in that. That's all cool. But now that's another thing. Like the, the Joel people are like, well, why don't you just let it go, Pastor? You got up there right when the Spirit of the Lord was starting to move. <laughs> and you went in and why don't you just let God move? And again, because the interpretation of God moving isn't recognized as moving through the Word. Or at the point of salvation. You know, no man comes except the Spirit draw him. So when you take time to invite people to Christ and people like this morning give their heart to the Lord, that, that's, the whole, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. But if you're Joel, you don't typically see it that way. Joel people can have life with no substance. Isaiah people can have substance with no life. Isaiah people are the ones we owe the credit for building amazing cathedrals around the world. Cathedrals with stained glass windows and those kind of things way back typically were Isaiah-minded people. They put it together and then they don't worship in it. And the beautiful thing that's going on now is because, again, this is not my thing, this is God. This is the work of God. I said, this is the work of God. In the last days, saith God. The work of God. So, what's happening is that now, a lot of those cathedrals that have been empty, the glass has been broken, they have been abandoned, churches like yours are going in and buying them. And we're worshiping in them. And life is coming into them. The, the Isaiahs deserve the credit for thank you for building. Thank you for having the, the giving that you do. The, the intellectual side, the help side. How many children are going to fit in a room and fit in their hall? Do we need in the balcony? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every, every Isaiah thoughtful, organized person, we need you in the house. But I'm going to tell you a little secret. The reason they didn't continue to go is because it was, it wasn't, there wasn't life there. Am I making sense to you? So some of you come, I'm going to wrap this up. Some of you come from a rigid Isaiah house. Your families and friends 
Now you have become fanatics to them. Like you have become a fanatic. And you, you're crazy. You go to that well <laughs> church. Bunch of loud, noisy, crazy people. Because in your Isaiah world, that was very theological, very astute, very polished, had it all together, you know, it was stoic. Then sings my soul. You know what I mean? And it was all like really straight, so organized, there wasn't room to just relax and have a personal encounter and engage him. So now, if you came from Isaiah House, you come into a world like this, and all of the people that were around you then, they think, and what's what 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 are you what that's crazy. And some of you came from the Joel house. Lots of noise and <laughs> progress and sweating and <laughs> and you started noticing, but we're not really reaching anybody. You know, new people aren't coming to Christ. And and, and you know, we're doing a lot of making a lot of noise, but really there's no points going on the board. And so we come from these different worlds. And I know some of you today would say, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mix. I'm, I'm, I'm a mix. I'm, and, and you know what? Many are. Many have, many have you, you go this way, and you can go this way. Here's what I just want to encourage you to do. As the church moving forward, stand in the tension. Stand in the tension. And, and, when, and when this person starts saying, well, you know, we're shutting down the work of the Holy Spirit and all that. Get over here and speak from the Isaiah perspective. And say, you know what? We need the Word of God. We need strength and stability in our house. And, 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 and when the Isaiahs kind of get there, you know, those people like to dance now. Like, they, they're like... And we didn't stop at 20 minutes or 18 of worship. We went 34 minutes. I was counting it. <laughs> Run over here, regardless of where you're at. Be in the, get in this tension. Run over here and say back to Isaiah, come on, we need this. My, see, my wife, my wife, by the way, is Joel. I'm, I, I'm you know, Isaiah-ish. Um, and it's amazing God puts couples together who are often one and the other. It's, it's because we're attracted, right? right. We're, we're, we're attracted. We attract and then we attack. Right. Which is what I'm trying to save you from as a church. Right. Like, because we, we, we love that thing that is not us. Like, that, oh my goodness, I love. Pastor Jason is, is, is more Joel. He just loves the fact that Erica can help him be organized. Even though his eyes will gloss over sometimes in a meeting. But you appreciate that other, right? You start to say, no, 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 we need each other. And that's what I'm reminding you of as God's great church. We need each other. Come on, let's stand together for one another. And let's be the church. Come on, let's be the church. Wow, 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 wow. Does that, does that make sense? Does it resonate? Does it help you today? 
Because here, here's what's going to happen in a church like ours, if we're not careful. Here's what begins to happen. Is that we, we end up, and then, and then if you'll just go back in history, when I was growing up and I described my background and all that, down the street was, I'm over here, and they were down the street. And some of you were over here, and they were down the street. And the prophets wrote about living stones. God is building a house of living stones. Living. Let's give the Lord a great big hand, can we?